0: Hey friends, the past couple of weeks have been kind of a tough bend in the postpartum journey. Uh, I've been busy. I got to speak at two events, which was super, so super fun, just absolutely loved that experience, but also didn't get the podcast loaded last week, and you know, I've been open about just my journey of letting go and loosening those standards of perfection, and this was just another one of those moments, you know? It's okay to not do it all. The world didn't crumble, and I'm pretty sure none of you are mad at me, right? Um, But still, it's frustrating, because I want to be here. I want to share these stories with you. They're all so, so good, and I've got more coming, Uh, and this week... I intended to share Ivy's birth story with you because she is a whole month old. Like, how does that even happen? I do not get it. Um, you blink, and and time just flies by. So, oh, having a newborn is equal parts bliss and exhaustive torture. <laughs> Honestly, there were a few nights as as darkness came, as night came. I dreaded the night because it felt so lonely and long, and it's just hard. It's a hard season, but really, overall, she's doing extremely well. We're coming along just fine, but um, it just takes a little more effort to keep my head in a good space, you know, stay rested, but also have a balance of accomplishment for the day, and uh, May is hard for everyone. I know you're feeling the stress of, of May. It's such a busy season for our bigger kids, so listen, sister, I'm right there with you and all the crazy. Um, so I want to try something new today. Um, I Always, every week after week, as I take notes and listen, I'm just constantly wanting to chat more about the episode with you. I want to get feedback from you. I want to dive into the topics that deserve more attention. Um, and so today I want to give you a few of the topics ahead of time so that you can listen for them. And then I'd like to start some conversation about that in the Facebook group. So, um, I really want you to feel like the Facebook group is your space, that you belong there. I just want it to be a space to grow friendships. And so as you listen and have thoughts, please, like I would really love for you to drop your thoughts in the group and just start conversation there and really create a genuine, um, raw space for the real things of what's on our hearts, you know? So in today's episode, our guest is Sarah Keeling, and she is sharing her experience or she's sharing about her experience with expanding Bible translation into unreached regions. And she's got some serious journeys in her belt, and it's just been amazing. She's done incredible work, and I won't spoil a thing in this intro because she's going to tell us all about it. Um... But it's really cool, and today she's especially telling us about an organization called A Third of Us, whose mission is to spread awareness that a third, a whole third of the world has no access to the Bible or even to believers in Jesus. A whole third. I was shocked. So I love what they're doing. I definitely want to come alongside their mission, and I'm excited to share that with you. I think my favorite part is just when Sarah... Um, talks about how she got to be a part of taking the book of Jonah, translated in the heart language of this mountain tribe in Mexico, and uh, just being a part of that experience. She was telling that they experienced a major earthquake, but it's just neat. You'll have to listen in and hear all the details of that. But um, also, Sarah developed a way to pray the Psalms over circumstances and just pray the scripture over your life. And so then she goes into this, um, into this new region and, and teaches this to the women there. And then they turn that on her and pray for her that God's will be done for having more children. And then she got pregnant within a month of their prayers. So that's fun. So here are a couple of the things I'd like for us to talk about. Um, Have you ever thought about praying the scripture? She describes it as wrestling well with God, like being honest, pouring your heart out to God, like Hannah. Um, And then also, do your kids need to wrestle well with God? Like, do we need to teach them how to do that? Is it too advanced for them to handle things that matter to them now? Like how, how do they face the things that are hard to them now? You know what I mean? And, and teach our kids to be honest about how they feel with God and talk those things out because we can't save our kids from hard things and, and things are just going to get harder and harder, right? Another thought that I've been having is just this idea of contentment and satisfaction during hard things. And this is a pretty hard topic to talk about, but Sarah talks about uh, just through sickness and through her child sickness, the feelings that she was feeling were really hard, right? Like she didn't feel content. She didn't feel satisfied. She felt sad and scared and overwhelmed. But she chose to continue to be grounded in the Word of God and so I just want to explore that idea of feelings versus truth and what that looks like um, as we spend time with God and, and that kind of thing. So I want to talk more about that. And then the other thing I want to talk about or I kept thinking about is just how does God show up to meet people in other parts of the world? What does He look like to them? What language are they using to think about Him and as their creator, you know, like, the Bible says that God is visible through creation and that none is without excuse, that all can see Him. And I love that assurance. Um, my, my 15-year-old says, why would we go in as a Western culture and, and um, almost taint these beautiful cultures around the world with, with our Christian culture? And so I do think there's important value in that, like, do we, how do we go into a culture and respect it and preserve it and appreciate the beauty of it, but also give them the hope of Jesus and the freedom and the value. I think the coolest thing that she shared is that the women, so she talks about um, a, a ministry that for these women And she talks about the value that Jesus gives them. And Jesus always looks at the heart of the person, and he always adds value to the person. And I think that's a crucial component to this debate. And so I'd love to know your thoughts on that. So that's the kind of thing I want to talk about. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. Hi, Sarah. Hello, hello, welcome, and thank you for being here, and we're so excited to hear all about your heart and the organization that you want to share with us today, so tell us all about it, tell us who you are, and we're here for it.
1: Awesome. I'm so glad to be here. This is like the funnest podcast interview ever because I get to see your sweet babies (laughs) the whole time, and then just, I don't know mom it's mom manna right like, yeah yes
0: and been. I'm my heart's yep. just exploding I, it feels like a dream come true to be podcasting and holding a baby girl and it's, it's so definitely awesome. beyond my imagination so Exciting. it's so
1: cool I love it well I just say like I'm a totally normal mom who <laughs> has been through a lot of, well a few hard things that the Lord used to bring me closer to him And then really, God just got a hold of my heart through that and gave me a passion for helping those around the world who don't have him have an opportunity to know him and really to have that same comfort in their suffering that I had when I was going through my hard things.
0: Yeah, I know. I can't imagine going through anything without my comforter and savior. Yeah. Me neither. And that's when I first heard about Bible
1: translation and just that there were so many people around the world that didn't have God's word in their heart language. I guess I just thought like maybe those were like dialects, you know, very similar languages, but they're really actually quite different. It was totally surprising to me. I really had no idea that there are so many people that don't have any of their heart language. And God's word or any of the Bible. (laughs) Let me flip Mm -hmm. that in their heart language. (laughs) Kind (laughs) of works both ways, but not really. Yeah, I think it does. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of had this like um movie reel in my mind. You've probably had that before too, where it was like just this really clear moment where the Lord brought to my mind all of the times that I have been just really sick. I had a lot of health issues after our firstborn and spent really almost years in bed in pain. Uh, And I struggled to even go to Bible study. So I would just listen to the Bible um, on an app on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I remember just clinging to those verses because it was like all I could do. I couldn't even really read. I was in so much pain. And when I heard about people not having that, that image came to me and then the Lord began to show me just other images from my childhood because I went through a rough family situation, with divorce and some abuse and a lot of things, but I had Jesus um, pretty early and yeah. was able to have the comfort that He gave. And so I had this like movie reel going in my mind, and it was like I would not be here without having the comfort and the truth that I had from God and His Word. Right. And so it was like this whoa, moment, you know, in your heart,
0: <laughs> where you're yeah. like,
1: I can't not do anything about it. Now I have to now Changed I, you. Yeah. Now that I know, you know, uh, and so I was in this phase where I was feeling better and I wanted to do something and I had, gosh, I think a three and a half, four year old at that time. And so I started a t-shirt ministry where I sold t-shirts that were like fun and encouraging for stay at home moms. And then I donated the profits to Bible translation. It was a lot of fun. That
0: is fun. Was, so creative. It really
1: fun. Yeah, it was really cool. We had a great time. And that project that we supported, those women are rock stars. So this project, they would bring in women from all over this area. It's in Asia. And they picked women. I mean, this, it was rough these women were coming from communities where women were not valued. They were often abused, neglected, and just not like seen as worthwhile at all. Mm -hmm. They would give them public speaking skills and teach them how to speak publicly and then teach them how to share the Bible in their native language, in their communities. Mm -hmm. And so then those women would go home from those workshops and go out. And it was amazing to see, we would get reports and it was like, the whole communities were being transformed. These women's lives were changed. Suddenly they had value and they had a voice and yeah. God used that to get a hold of the hearts of the whole community, their husbands, their families, everything. So cool. We're so right?
0: saturated in truth. You know? Yeah. I can't even imagine not
1: having it. And we right?
0: still require, I don't know about you, but I still require, well, I do know about you because before we started We are talking about some real life things and how we have to preach to ourselves and tell ourselves the truth and, and how we require that. that on a daily basis over and over. It's like, we, we have to have a fresh word. And so I could just imagine, like, it just gives my heart, makes my heart swell to imagine telling a woman for the first time, her worth and her beauty and her value, and that she has a voice and that she has purpose and. I mean, how much freedom that must give her to hear those words, because we, we need to hear it. Like we need to be given permission, right. To move and take action in our lives. So that's super exciting.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, and that project was so incredibly successful. Those women, they are just amazing. They have restarted it again with like another group of women. And it's so cool. Wow. So, yeah. And then the next year, my husband got involved and really it was the same kind of thing. God just got a hold of his heart and um, kind of broke it for the bible people that don't have it yeah. um, in their language. And then our family got involved. And so we started praying for a group of people in Oaxaca, Mexico. And I used to say
0: Waxaca. That is not right. <laughs> Yeah, I I had no idea. You wrote the word and I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't even know what country know. we're talking about. It's in Mexico.
1: Okay. It's, it's almost to the far south part. It's next to Chiapas, but and it is such an amazing cool place because the way that it is, I guess geographically, the um, indigenous people groups have remained really isolated. And so they've been able, it's good and bad, right? They've been mm. able to maintain a lot of their culture, yeah. but then it's also a lot harder to get them, you know, resources too, because there's a lot of mountains and not great transportation systems through them. Yeah. So, but amazing, incredible people, beautiful culture. And so we started praying for them. They were translating the old Testament into their language which is Zapoteco del Istmo. (laughs) And that's cool, right? And I wish I could show you, it looks nothing like Spanish. So they speak Spanish, but not like, it'd be like, um, and they speak Spanish better than I speak Spanish, but it would be like me trying to learn, you know, about Jesus in Spanish instead of English. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they needed the Bible. Their own. Their Mm -hmm. own language. They speak it well- but it doesn't, it's not the same. It doesn't have that same like gripping, Mm -hmm. heart changing impact. And so we got connected with this group and we just fell in love with them. Rolando is the head translator. And that year he was able to come up and we hosted an event. He came to our house because it's not that far, you know? Um, I mean, and it's still- You're in Texas. Like a lifetime away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he might've even ridden a bus For a while, I know it was a serious commitment, Um, but it was doable. You know, it's not like being over in Indonesia, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But we got to know him, and we just loved him and his family and the other translators that work with him. And so we started praying for them, uh, and committedly. And I found like I was needing more like material to pray for them because I just felt like I was praying the same thing over and over, and so really the Lord just led me into the Psalms. Like, Hey, I could like pray these for our friends in Oaxaca. And that's how I started praying the Psalms. Since then, I've written a book on teaching kids to pray the Psalms and we have Bible studies on it. And we have another book, Psalm prayers for the nations all came out of this. Just me trying to pray for our friends in Oaxaca. Just an authentic so cool, need.
0: Right? Yeah. A yeah. Way to meet an authentic need turned into something really passionate. Yeah. I just like super cool, super
1: simple because that's what I needed too. So Mm -hmm. I took that method. That's like praise. It's kind of like part, you know, praise, admit request and thanksgiving, but I just simplified it even more. And I had learned how to do that from being a leader at a Bible study called Bible study fellowship. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but they, that's Mm -hmm. how the leaders pray every week. Um, and so I was like, Hey, I could do this, but with the Psalms, but actually like use the attribute of God in the prayer. Mm-hmm. So each one we like highlight the attribute of God and then praise and thanks and request using that attribute if that makes okay. sense.
0: Okay. Can you give an so, example?
1: Yeah. Okay, so let me think here. Well, okay, so I was reading Psalm 5 today and Psalm 5 is so good. There's so much stuff in there, but it talks about how you'll cover me with favor like a shield. So mm-hmm. if I were going to pray that verse, I might say God, you are my shield. Thank you for shielding me. Like, thank you for protecting me mm-hmm. uh, from sickness last week or whatever, you know? And then the request part would be like, cover me with favor, like a shield, you know, mm-hmm. protect my family as we are getting ready to make a major life transition right now, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just so easy, but I found yeah. that I love this for me. And so I started praying through the Psalms for myself. Um, yeah. And then that's when our family went through a season of suffering where I was like, Lord, I am so thankful that I have this because I needed it to be easy for a while. Mac, our son, just right after Rolando came to visit, suffered carbon monoxide poisoning in our house. It was crazy.
0: Oh yeah. my goodness.
1: Just totally one of those freak things that happens sometimes, even though I think that there was, you know. More things happening that you can't see to that, you know? That's right. Yeah. Um, But I mean, I believe in spiritual warfare. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it had a lot to do with that. And yeah, we ended up, he's okay. He's fine. You'd never know. But he had a lot of issues for a long time. And so we ended up just doing whatever we could to try to help him. He was in kindergarten at the time. Okay. And he was having these really severe debilitating headaches and they would not go away. Just like the kind of long-term side effects. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up doing these hyperbaric oxygen treatments. So you Mm -hmm. have to like crawl in this hyperbaric oxygen chamber for like two hours. And he was so grumpy and miserable. (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) I know, like, ah, you know, Yeah. Um, what am I going to do while I'm stuck in here? Thankfully he was able to take a DVD player, but I had a (laughs) friend tell me you should turn that hyperbaric oxygen chamber into a war room. And so I did, and I actually just found my verses that I wrote out. I put verses on it and was like, this is going to be the war room. I took my journal in there and I just kept praying the Psalms and it was so messy, like, and just. Because I had suffered some too, actually, Um, Mm -hmm. not as bad as Mac, but I mean, it was like hot mess prayers. But now (laughs) looking back, I was able to see, like, oh, like that kept me connected with God, even though. Why didn't didn't you name your
0: book that hot mess prayers? I thought I should have. I could could talk a lot about that. (laughs) (laughs) That should sell easy. (laughs) Real life. Hot mess prayers.
1: I didn't feel like the same peace that I had felt before and some other experiences I'd had with the Lord, but I did like have like the daily bread that I needed yeah. each day. It was like, I just got through each day.
0: Well, and I love so, that you're honest about that. I mean, it was legit scary. What you were going through was really hard. And so you don't have to feel perfect peace and joy i mean that's not reality and so but that doesn't take away from what the word the power of the word and that you know so that's that's amazing sure.
1: i think a lot of times we have just not realistic expectations for ourselves right like right. we're not supposed to struggle you know right. every day was a struggle and every day i fought for peace um mm-hmm. and i had it but it wasn't like you know it was It was really tough, (laughs) but the Lord He totally sustained me, got us through that time.
0: Because now you have so much, so much grace came out of that space. And yeah, so true. I I was listening to a sermon yesterday, um, and it was talking. It was from First Kings, talking about Elijah and his prophecy about the drought, Um, and then the woman is in famine and and he asked her to give him her last Mm -hmm. bread and what the the preacher said Stephen Furtick from Elevation said was that the prophecy caused the problem kind you know his words spoke the problem but then his problem and her problem came together and when you talked about praying for that I can't say that word (laughs) Oaxaca, Oaxaca, (laughs) you, you praying for that and learning how to pray for that answered your prayer, that space brought grace and that is dynamic. I mean, that's the most powerful expression of what our weakness allows God to be like when we don't hide our weakness, when we share it, when we walk it out with other people and serve people through it then we can meet their need. And likewise, or simultaneously, it's meeting our own. It's so cool. Oh. Like that's God's way. He says his ways are higher and that's exactly what he's talking about. And it's just exciting.
1: Yeah, it's totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, as like my little tiny step of obedience ended up like turning into yeah. something the Lord used to help me so much and my family,
0: you know? and it's still, and now you're spreading that. It's just amazing. Yeah. So your book, tell what is your book called and what is it yeah. like?
1: So, well, after that, I was like, well, gosh, if I can pray these in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber, anybody can do this. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> so, I taught Mac how to do it and then published Psalm prayers for kids. So that's a journal and it has instructions to teach kids how to pray. Yeah. Um, and then I started doing prayer workshops and really, I'm excited that I'm going to get to get back into doing that, to teach women how to do it
0: mm-hmm. and also
1: to even go deeper. But like what I kind of did too, was really wrestling
0: well with God through that time, you know, cause it's yeah.
1: really important and it's really
0: tough, you know, Yeah. Um, to be honest, but, is that yeah. what you mean by wrestling?
1: Yeah. It's kind of based off of Hannah and when she poured her heart out to God, but then she she gave it to him. She remembered who God was and she surrendered her pain over to him. Mm -hmm. So I have this whole prayer workshop someday. I'd love to have that into a book too. It's in an ebook and then it, I'm will hopefully launch that into an online course too, that people can, can watch on their own. But yes, I've gotten to speak and teach people how to do that face to face which is so fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is fun. I know, face to face. And really but... kids can
1: do that too. I'm excited about thinking about doing teaching kids cuz kids need to learn how to wrestle well with God. I mean it's just like
0: we're talking They're about saying real hard things.
1: Our kids will, right? And mm-hmm. it's not too hard for them to learn that. It feels like Ooh, that's like advanced, you know?
0: <laughs> why? I don't know. Why would, yeah. Why wouldn't we give them tools to right?
1: Yeah, face the things that
0: matter to them? Because
1: mm-hmm. they will. I mean, they'll, we're all going to have hard things, right? Yeah. That's just life. And then the next year I did Psalm Prayers for the Nations, which 40 families actually each wrote a super short prayer using the same verses from Psalm Prayers for Kids. And it's for the nations, for people who don't have, um, they don't have God's word. They don't have believers there really for the people who are denied access to the gospel. So Mm -hmm. that's really when, after I did that, um, and we're still really involved with Bible translation and everything, but it's been fun to kind of shift over into like, oh, I could be like an advocate for this too, you know,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm um, And that's how I got involved with a third of us. So a third of us is this awesome organization that is really founded by a bunch of missionary organizations. And that's one of the things I think is so cool about it. It's like, we're all on the same team here, you know? Yeah, I saw them all listed out. I
0: was amazed.
1: It's really awesome. It's Mm -hmm. very cool to be a part of something that is just so big, but it's all focused on, Um, the gospel, really. That's what we want. We want people to have the gospel. We want people to have Jesus.
0: So what does a third of us do?
1: Yeah. So a third of us, it's all about raising awareness. And the awareness is that one third of the people on earth do not have access to God, uh, to the gospel. So they're denied access. And that sounds kind of like, what does that mean? But it means there's no church, no believers, and no Bible in their heart language. And this is like billions of people here. (laughs) It's a lot.
0: (laughs) Um, That's kind of a third,
1: right? Yep. There are a lot of people. So what a third of us is coming together to just, let's just like raise awareness because that's really where it all starts. And I totally saw that in my own story too. You know, the first part was just me becoming aware And then the cool thing is once we're aware, God comes in and does the work in our hearts. And he's the one that like shows us, oh, how can I get involved? You know, Mm -hmm. what's my next step with this? Well, and for me, he used prayer too, to like, totally hijack my heart even more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) At this point, had you already been to visit? Yeah. So, so let's see. I wrote, we
1: wrote song for, ah. for kids after. So yes, we got to go visit. I, I skipped that part of the story. So ah. we had this amazing experience the year after the carbon monoxide poisoning. And also we were praying with our friends, the Sapoteco, and we were like so excited for them. They were about to have this huge party to dedicate the first book in the Old Testament in their language. And it was going to mm-hmm. be the book of Jonah which was kind of less kind of surprising, but it's really cool too, because it's a really good book. They had it graphically illustrated. Really, It was was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they were going to have this huge event to celebrate um, the Bible dedication. And it was going to bring together churches from the community. They had like killed the calf. This is like how they celebrate. (laughs) I know (laughs) they have a giant party, you know, with lots of food. And then... I mean, and it was just so like fun because we were Zooming with them and talking with them. And it was like, yes, you know, like I can't wait to celebrate with y'all. And then three days before their event, they had a massive earthquake that, mm-hmm. yeah, it was really bad. It killed a lot of people, destroyed the building where they were supposed to have their event. And everything was just put on hold for a while. And it was like, Lord, Lord no, you know, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. come on, no, they've been through enough already. You know, this was supposed to be this like super fun, wonderful thing. Okay. I had those thoughts. The first time that we talked with them, they were like, no, we can already see what God is doing. God is using this tragedy to bring more people to our church than ever before. And I was like, wow. (laughs) Okay. Y'all are amazing. (laughs) You know? And so then we just kept praying for them, you know, and eventually they did get the book of Jonah out. They didn't get to have a huge party, but they still got to get it distributed out to people. Mm -hmm. And then it was about nine months later, I think, that, and that's totally the Lord too, God just worked it out completely for us to be able to go visit them face to face. I mean, and it was like one of those things where it was all God. My husband came home from work and said, oh my gosh, you know, they want to send me to Mexico for like a month to learn Spanish. And, and then it all just, everything fell into place for us to get to go close to where they were so that we could visit them too. And yeah. it was nuts. Like within two weeks, we had a trip like international. And you got back. to take Mac too. We took Mac, uh huh, yeah. our son, he was now 11 and gosh, he would have been like for after first grade, I think. Yeah, I mean, and we didn't even know, like he had just been released from like occupational therapy, you know, all the things. And it was like, I guess we're going uh, overseas,
0: (laughs) whatever, Sarah, you were telling me about your, your family is getting ready to move. And it's, you've been through all of that. I'm a hundred percent certain you, your family can handle this move.
1: Oh, thank you. With
0: grace. (laughs) You know, you just. I don't know. You
1: didn't. I don't know. We, I could think we underestimated how much we would need to be preaching the truth to ourselves, it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. It's really good for me to even remember all the things that
0: God has done. That's what because- I love about storytelling. It's oh. like, oh yeah, God is amazing in my oh, life. he, he He's brought got this. Us there.
1: So we got to go to Oaxaca. We got to go to, I mean, and they still had like things were not rebuilt all the way yeah. nine months later. Um, But we got to pray with them. I got to pray a psalm over all the translators, and that was like a life highlight. It was so amazing. Uh, And then we got to go to one of their kind of like sister churches that's really remote, and we got to pass out some of the books of Jonah that they hadn't (laughs) received yet. It was so fun. I mean, there's so many stories I could tell you about that, but one I think that you'll like a lot is... That afterwards one, uh, well, a group of women was talking to me and, um, they were asking me why, like, why I only have one child <laughs> and I was like trying to tell them in Spanish. I had been taking lessons. So my Spanish was okay, but still <laughs> it's like hard to explain. Like I'd had health issues. We had a miscarriage, you know, like, I just don't think it's God's will for us anymore. Mm-hmm. But all I, I tried to explain, like if Lord willing, you know, cause they have this phrase there that's sort of like Lord willing but it's si Dios quiere. And it's like, if the Lord wants it is what that means. Ah, literally. And I was just kind of saying it like, you know, like if God wants it, he's going to make it happen. And Mm -hmm. they were like, Oh, CCC. And then they were like, you know, we're praying for you that you're going to have a baby. And I was like, (laughs) okay, whatever, you know, like I kind of guarded. "Uh Uh-huh. That's cute, but we're done with that. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) then Um, A month after we got back from Oaxaca, surprise, Sarah's pregnant with her miracle baby that we were told we would never be able to have.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I love that so
1: much. Yeah. It was crazy. Totally. And and that's a boy. Yep. So he's going to be three, Nick. So he's going to be three tomorrow actually. And. Yeah. I mean, it's just been a roller coaster ever since we had him basically (laughs) someday. I would love to take him back there and be like, look, this this is a miracle baby, you know, that you you prayed for. for." And that's just another example, like of the Lord, like blessing us out of control, blessing us for us just being willing. And we didn't even do anything. All we did was just encourage them and tell them we've been praying for them. It wasn't like a mission trip even really, you know, it was just a visit, but that counts, you know, obviously yeah.
0: <laughs> prayer yeah, is all about
1: it. it's prayer really is helpful.
0: everything and relationship <laughs> and connection.
1: Yeah. Cause they told us over and over, like, like, why would you want to come see us? Like, why do you mm-hmm. care? You know, that people are are like here, you know, but, but for them, it just made such a difference that people outside of where they were cared about them enough to come and visit because they don't see that very much. They're super isolated. And so,
0: so they sound, I mean, I
1: care. you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> they sound, uh, is this a, what would the atmosphere be? Is it more like a describe kind of how they're living? Okay. So they're in, a
1: town called San blasa tempa and it's really small. So we we rode the bus five hours from the main city. In Oaxaca, is big, like four hundred thousand, and it's surrounded by mountains. It kind of feels like Colorado. Actually, it's so different. Wow. Then every all the little villages are like outside of the mountains, and San Blas Atempa is on the coast of Mexico, and Oaxaca, and so it's a big like farming community agricultural, but it's really, really small. Um, and I don't even know, I mean, Rolando has cars, but a lot of people don't, they drive these kind of like buggy things that Mm -hmm. are hilarious, but they just don't travel that much,
0: but they They sound open to visitors. Oh yeah. Friendly.
1: Oh my gosh. So friendly. Okay. So friendly. Yeah. Like, oh,
0: It's incredible, (laughs) incredible.
1: It's so cool. Oh yeah. they're so hospitable, you know, like we went from like house to house and visited people. Everybody <laughs> was so hospitable. Yeah. So, um, I mean, and there was no hiding us. Like I have blonde hair, you know, <laughs> my son had like, has like dirty blonde hair and blue eyes. So it was like super obvious, but everybody was very friendly. There yeah. are, I mean, there are parts like we wouldn't travel by ourselves on the highways around there because there's some really dangerous stuff happening in that general area, but once you get inside that community, no, they're like so friendly and open and just kind and generous, welcoming people. That's awesome. Everybody should go there. They'll make you like, they make these, um, what do they call them now? I can't remember. It's like totopos. They're almost like a tortilla that's fried sort of, but they use coconut flour and then they put sugar in it. So it's like, kind of like a crunchy Pastry.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Do you have plans to go back or do people go there regularly or? You know, I need to
1: ask them how things are. I think they were pretty closed down with COVID. You know, I would love to go back someday. We haven't had, uh, we haven't made any plans. Our Mm -hmm. three year old, we kind of went through another season of suffering because he had a lot of health issues Um, and nothing like, I mean he had some serious things but he's okay it's just that he picked up stuff really easily.
0: Yeah, so, just took a lot of your energy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you
1: know how it is. So we kind of put put all of that on hold for a while but I would love to get to go back someday.
0: Yeah. Sure. So what is a third of us doing right now like where are they working in the world? Oh, well they're all over the
1: place since okay. so many of those Like, especially the Bible translation organizations, they are all over the place. A third of us, I mean, their big push is for Christians who just don't know.
0: um, Okay, so that's right. They're kind of an awareness organization Mm -hmm. that is representing a bunch of other Mm -hmm. organizations. Okay, I see.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's just, I like it because it is just so easy for people to get involved. Like yeah. I can't go to Oaxaca right now, right? right. Um, and I'm even limited on like how much other stuff I could even organize. Like For a while, it would have been really hard for me to plan an, an event, you know, like we've done before. Yeah. But I can definitely do what they're asking. And they're, the big thing that they're asking is just to draw three lines on your hand and then post about it on social media on June 5th. So mm-hmm. June 5th is the day of Pentecost. And it's also the International Day for the Unreached. And they're going to have a big like, um, gathering on Facebook live at 111 okay. and all the American time zones on June 5th. And so, but that's like their big, their big ask is just, Hey, draw three lines on your hand when I don't have it on my hand to show you, but one is separate.
0: So then uh-huh. you can see that it's different. And they're doing it at one eleven, like three lines. Uh-huh. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's I just pulled right? it up. So they're on Instagram too. So you can follow yeah. them. There. Yeah. So
1: you, you can put the lines on your hand, talk about it with your family, pray for the unreached, share that picture on social media. And that's really it. You can get yeah. more involved. There's lots of things you can do. They have a family guide on their website. They have a book that if you really want to go deeper, you can read more. Yeah. Um, and you can get that on Amazon or on their website too. You can even get the first chapter free. They have church kits. I mean, they've got all kinds of stuff. But yeah, so
0: tell me about the free guide that you can print. The family guide? Family yeah. guide. So they also have an
1: action guide, which is longer if you want to read more. But the family guide is super simple. So it's just like pray. It's kind of like I say, pray before you pray. Um, when I'm teaching, because it's like, Lord, open our eyes, you know, help us mm-hmm. to see. So this is like, Lord, help me explain to my kids that a third of the world is still without access to Jesus. And then mm-hmm. you talk about it and it's just that simple stuff. Like a third of the people in the world don't have a church to visit. They don't have a Bible to read in their language and they don't have friends who believe in Jesus. And then it has the three steps of what you can do. Share the so three lines, pray together with your family, serve mm-hmm. and support, which that would mean like you could get online. You could look at a third of us.com for ideas. You could talk to your missions pastor to see like, what organizations does your church support and what could you do? I think in that third one is especially where it's like, all right, Lord, show me where you'd have me. Mm-hmm. And we've yeah. seen the Lord give us some really fun, creative ideas. And that's really cool. You
0: know, I love that. That's so cool. Have you ever read the book Breach Co? No. Sounds well, good. briefly, it's about a man who wanted to be a missionary and he got denied by the mission board. And ended up just moving to a South American country, but he ended up moving into a very closed, unfriendly tribe and Mm -hmm. learning their ways, immersing himself in their culture and then teaching them about Jesus in their language and and in their culture, opposed to trying to, you know, change our
1: culture onto them. Onto them.
0: And it just changed me in a huge way. And it gave me this hunger um, to understand like what Jesus looks like in different
1: places.
0: Um, And I don't feel like I've had a lot of opportunity to understand that or see that. And I know that I know Jesus intimately. um, and And I know that he's the same everywhere, but I also So that's not exactly what I mean, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say, like to the surfer, he's going to, I think he meets that person in that language and, and talks about life and love in ways that that person understands or to the cook or to the gardener, you're going to see it in the flowers. You're going to see it in your children. And, and so I love how Jesus just shows up in a way that you can understand he leans in close he comes into your space he speaks your language and he's just kind that way grace it means that he
1: bends low and mm-hmm. it's like oh that's what he's doing he's, mm-hmm. gonna, he's gonna come
0: to us where, wherever we're at right and like, so when you talk about that it's like what I hear you talk about their heart language and meeting them in a space that they already are in yeah, that is just so beautiful to me. And I guess I'm super curious, like I'd love to under or hear like what language, what words they're using or what illustrations they give to those people so that they get it. You know well, what I mean? Yeah.
1: And I've heard so many stories about that because I can remember Oh, them talking about a group that was in, I can't remember where, but maybe somewhere in Africa for sure. And you would think, like, okay, in our culture, we kind of tend to skip over the genealogy, like, yeah, kind of yes. like that hurts. Oh. Right. You know? <laughs> but, but that chapter of genealogy, like, God used it to totally um, convict this whole group of people because genealogy was a really big deal for their tribe. Mm. And it showed them just the validity of Jesus that he could go back that far, you know, I'm like, Mm. I didn't even think about that, you know?
0: Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's so
1: cool. Like that is the thing that the Lord used to bring them to Jesus, the genealogy of Jesus. That's wild. (laughs) It is wild. And I know I've heard Rolando talk about how Yes, they have the New Testament, but His people are poetic people, and they love the Psalms and the Proverbs, and they need them because that really speaks to their heart. Huh. It's just like the whole picture of God gave us the whole Bible, and we need it all, you know. And the whole Bible points to Jesus, really. Um, mm-hmm. but he uses all of it in different ways. It's just so cool how it's living and active, you know. Right. And, Just how, what that looks like. But I think for me, it's just shown me like, God is so much bigger than I thought he was. And I'll I'll be able to understand because he can be so personal for so many different types of people. And it's really incredible to picture that. Like, yeah, that's
0: my favorite.
1: And it connects us all. Right. When we may not have, like, because we would tease about this with Orlando, like, we don't really have a whole lot in common, you know, but we love each other because we love God. We both have his love, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually seeing that, you know, in person, it's really powerful. Like, the, Mm. the Lord could do that, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that that's, I just long to like reintroduce him to people who feel like they don't belong because especially here in our, in the South where we've limited him to such a small God, you know, he's so strict, so narrow, so black and white. And that's just not the case. Um, he's, He's dynamic and huge and powerful and kind and gentle and all these things. And, and unless we go looking for that, we'll never know that about him. You know, and I just feel sad for those who don't feel like they belong with him or, yeah. or don't have room for him in their lives because they don't fit into this narrow thinking that we've created. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's really fun to explore and hear about him in other parts of the world. Um, I think it just shows how big he is, like what you were saying. Yeah really cool. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's been really good for Mac to see that too. You know, like God is real. He's not just real for your mom and dad.
0: You yeah. Know, he's
1: real. And he's not just whole.
0: real so that you were a good person right. or whatever. Like that's just the least of what he's interested in. Right. Just so <laughs> much bigger than that. Yeah. So much bigger. Mm, that's so cool, Sarah. Well, this has been phenomenal. And I can't wait to share it and uh, just get everybody on board with a third of us and order your Psalms book and start uh, teaching our kids and our family members how to pray scripture and, and breathe new life into our homes. And so you've given us great tools.
1: Thanks for having me. It was fun.
0: It was so fun.